Hello, hello, my friends. I am Jenny Lin, and this is my show. I am a wife and mom of two crazy kiddos. I have struggled many years with chronic illness and pain. I have a passion to find out as much as I can while navigating through life, not always feeling 100%. I have realized that having a positive mindset is a must in today's crazy world. You deserve to live this life showing up as your best self, and I can help you get there. If you've been feeling lost after becoming a mom, you're not alone. I know that incredible woman is still in there, just begging to be found. I am here to create a safe, non-judgmental space for like-minded women. Let's empower each other. I am so happy you're here. Now, let's jump into the 123 Mom Squad podcast with me, Jenny Lynn. Hello, hello, my friends. I am Jenny Lynn, and this is my show. I am a wife and mom of two crazy kiddos. I have struggled many years with chronic illness and pain. I have a passion to find out as much as I can while navigating through life, not always feeling 100%. I have realized that having a positive mindset is a must in today's crazy world. You deserve to live this life showing up as your best self, and I can help you get there. If you've been feeling lost after becoming a mom, you're not alone. I know that incredible woman is still in there, just begging to be found. I am here to create a safe, non-judgmental space for like-minded women. Let's empower each other. I am so happy you're here. Now, let's jump into the 123 Mom Squad podcast with me, Jenny Lynn. Hello, Kimberly. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? I am wonderful. So today I have Kimberly Kubicki. She helps women harness their body's potential to thrive using the oldest system in the books, Ayurveda. And I found all this information extremely interesting when we spoke earlier. And I want to know more about it. How does Ayurveda, what is it? Let's get into that and how you started your journey in this holistic um, avenue. Yeah. So Ayurveda is believed by many to be the oldest system of healing in the world. Ayurveda literally means the science of life or the science of longevity. Um, so it's, it's the traditional medicine of India, the way that traditional Chinese medicine is the traditional medicine of China. So it's very much a, a folk medicine steeped in tradition and um, it takes really a holistic approach. So Ayurveda considers everything when looking at your health and, and how to show up as the best version of yourself. It looks at your diet, your lifestyle, your stress and how you manage it, your relationships, the climate you live in, your unique body type. Um, there's a big emphasis placed on understanding your body and developing a sense of self-awareness, a healthy sense of self-awareness so that you can be tuned into what your body is um, telling you that it needs in any given moment. 
And it's also, it also prioritizes preventative medicine. So staying healthy by staying ahead of the game, um, tuning into these cues that your body's giving you and acting when, while it's still just a little sort of annoyance, a little bit of tiredness, uh, a little bit of indigestion. The, the first hint that something's off, that's the time to really um, act accordingly and, and, you know, prevent any sort of further um, disease or illness from developing. That's very interesting. Um, I knew very little about Ayurveda, just listening from previous podcasts. And I found it just very fascinating because I feel like it, it goes so far back. Like it was just, you know, something that our ancestors would have been practicing back in the day. And I would absolutely just love to know more about how it works. What made you get into this type of practice with Ayurveda? Yeah, so I first encountered Ayurveda back in 2001, I believe, maybe 2000. Um, I was living in Vermont, working in mental health, working overnights uh, at a pretty stressful job and living in a very cold, wet climate, which is not ideal for my body type. And I was getting sick a lot. Um, And I had a dear friend there Seva, whose grandfather was an Ayurvedic doctor in the village that he grew up in, in India. And he started, um, he was kind of like the town doctor visiting, you know, holistic doctor for everyone. When people would get sick, Seva would call you up and he'd ask you all these questions about how you were feeling and what was going on in your body. And, uh, and then he would show up at your door with like, magic potions I used to I used to call them it would be you know some like herbal concoction uh and I would drink them and fall asleep and wake up and feel so much better and so I asked him you know what is in this drink what are you giving me and he said you know it's not I can't just tell you the ingredients of the drink and that's gonna work every time it's this whole way of understanding that I'm using and that way of understanding is called Ayurveda um, and so he turned me on to Dr. Vasant Laud who was writing about and teaching about Ayurveda in English he was one of the first um, Ayurvedic doctors to really do that and so I started reading all of his books and implementing some of um, the recommendations he had and, uh, and really noticed some profound shifts in my own health pretty instantaneously from making very, very minor adjustments and, and not even supplementing or, you know, doing anything that cost a lot of money, just all stuff that was free, changing my diet and lifestyle uh, in subtle ways and chronic health issues that I'd been struggling with since childhood, pretty much resolved. It was pretty incredible. And so that inspired me. I wanted to continue to learn about it. And I dreamed about studying with Dr. Laud for about 10 years before I finally just took the plunge and did it. And um, yeah, and I graduated from the Ayurvedic Institute in 2013 and have been um, continuing my education with other uh, very well-respected Ayurveda practitioners, Dr. Claudia Welsh and Amadea Morningstar, among others. Um, and yeah, and sharing that with, you know, I wanted to empower as many folks as possible with this incredible knowledge that I had because 
I feel like for a lot of us, you know, there's a sense of disempowerment around our health. There's a feeling that I have to go to somebody else and ask them what's wrong with me and, you know, have them tell me what I need to do to be healthy. Uh, but with Ayurveda, we really develop that intuition within ourselves. Um, a big component of, of Ayurveda, like I mentioned, is, is this idea of preventative medicine through knowing yourself and structuring your diet and lifestyle in a way that is going to best facilitate, facilitate your health. Um, and then, you know, it is a complete system of medicine. So Ayurveda can also address complex, you know, full-blown diseases, um, but the emphasis is, is don't let it get to that point. Let's, you know, keep it in check while it's easy to deal with early on. Let's take a quick break. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. Would you say that somebody who does have several chronic illnesses, is this something that they could put into their daily routine to help supplement their health? I've worked with clients who have fibromyalgia. Yeah, I mean, the, the way Western medicine is amazing in a lot of ways. And it's, I, I think its biggest strength is in acute emergency situations. It, it can do amazing things to save your life. What it's not as great in is addressing chronic health issues because literally the way that doctors are trained is to treat symptoms with pharmaceuticals. You know, that's so that's kind of what your plan is going to look like when you're working with the doctor. Do you have fibromyalgia? Take this pill for the rest of your life. Um, and, you know, that that's the way it's set up. We can't really hate on it. Like that's how the doctors are trained. That's what what you can expect. Ayurveda, on the other hand, I think can augment that incredibly by saying, all right, let's break down. Let's look at your diet. Let's look at your lifestyle. Let's look at your stress, look at your relationships, look at your sleep, um, you know, the, the climate you live in, all of these different factors. And let's really dial in what is the root cause of your fibromyalgia? Because every disease has a story and it's not the same story for everyone. Even if we end up with the same diagnosis, you know, I might have a headache this afternoon. My headache might be cut because I didn't drink enough water for throughout the day. You might have a headache this afternoon and your headache might be because you've had a fatty, rich, heavy meal and your liver is really challenged working through it. And that's how it presents its challenge. So those need to be dealt with in very different ways. You know, I mean, we could just take an Advil or whatever your pain reliever of choices and make the headache go away and, and stop there. 
But, you know, for me, I'm going to benefit from drinking a lot more water. You're going to benefit from eating a lighter meal, maybe fasting for dinner, um, letting your body work through that rich, heavy food. So Ayurveda really personalizes its approach so that you're going to get recommendations specifically tailored for you. Yeah, like it's not like a black and white situation for everybody. No, exactly. And, and it's Ayurveda complements Western medicine beautifully. I've worked with lots of clients who are working with doctors and taking prescription medication and, and all of that is welcome. Ayurveda, you know, holds no judgment. It's not like you have to choose either your allegiant to Western medicine or your allegiant to Ayurveda. Both it plays well with everyone. So it, you know, you can use Ayurveda, the understanding around diet and lifestyle to augment, you know, the, the prescription medication that you're taking with your Western medical doctor. Okay. That's interesting because I know a lot of these holistic type, um, avenues, they say, you know, well, eventually we would like to get you off of those medications. I mean, obviously nobody wants to really take so many different types of medications. I mean, I'm on, I'm on too many still, um, that I would love to get my body off of, but what happens when these medications cause other like side effects and other symptoms? Then if I come to you and say, well, I constantly, you know, have um, indigestion or, you know, constipation or something like that. How do you know that it's not just my body or one of my medications causing that? Well, we look at, you know, when did the symptoms begin? How long have you been working with with the indigestion? Is it just, you know, in the last two years or has it been your entire life? And if it's just in the last two years, well, what ha what's happened in the last two years? What, what significant changes have you undergone? So we really try to dial into like, what's the root cause of why you're experiencing what you're experiencing? Um, and if it was, yeah, two years ago, I started taking these meds and ever since then, I, I just, I don't feel well when I eat. Um, then we might look at, well, what are you eating? And when are you timing the medication? Is that flexible at all? Is there another option? Another, you know, is this a traditional side effect of that medication? And, and maybe you're a candidate, you know, maybe you need to talk to your doctor about looking at other options. Um, maybe if, if your health issue is something, you know, that we can work with, um, remedying, you know, through Ayurveda, if we, if we can, integrate a holistic approach and, and really alleviate the symptoms that you're experiencing that are causing you to need medication, then maybe we can eventually phase out that medication um, or take the dose down lower. Um, so yeah, there's no like one single approach, but that, that sort of scenario is certainly welcome. And I've worked with lots of clients in that boat who either they wanna get completely off their medication or um, you know, they don't feel like their medication is helping with the symptoms in the way that they want. And um, yeah, and so we, we customize you know, the approach based on their specific situation. Always, you know, never going against, I would never tell anyone to go against their doctor's advice. I mean, that's just, you're setting yourself up for huge liabilities and lawsuits and things like that. But, but that's not, that's just adding more stress, you know, to this, to the scenario If someone's in a, a threatening, a life threatening situation, you know, they don't want to be pulled in different directions and told, you know, you have to only listen to me. Um, you know, we, we 
we can do a lot with things that are um, not going to, you know, interfere with Medicaid, like how you time your meals and when you eat your biggest meal and maybe some breathing exercises you might do before bed to help you get a good night's sleep. You know, there's a lot of layers to what's considered quote unquote medicine in Ayurveda. Um, in fact, everything has the potential to be medicine and everything has the potential to be poison in Ayurveda. It all depends on for whom, when, and how much. Even the healthiest, purest, most amazing food or supplement or herb, if used inappropriately at the, you know, at the wrong time by the wrong person, could have very negative effects. Right. That's a good point. What is, what do you find is like the best thing, or I should say the best herb, or what should we be doing when we get up first thing to kind of kickstart our body, get us going on the right track, help our digestive system kind of moving along in the morning? What, what do you suggest, or what does your morning routine kind of look like? Well, it's not even what I suggest. What Ayurveda suggests in the classical texts is the most important thing you should do when you wake up in the morning is to check in with your digestion. How is your gut? Does it feel, you know, full? Does it feel unsettled? Are you gassy? Are you bloated? Are you starving? Um, and basically orient your, your morning and your food um, around that, around, you know, having, ideally we wake up and we have a good bowel movement and we feel energized and refreshed. Um, and, and there's a little bit of hunger there to take in some morning food and get ready to start our day. Some things that I often recommend clients do when they first wake up, because a lot of us, it's like we hit the alarm goes off, we hit snooze for as long as we can jump out of bed turn the coffee on, you know, and go, go, go. I recommend at least, you know, laying in your bed, waking, when you wake up, take a few deep breaths, like three deep, full breaths, filling your entire torso in all directions, front, back, sides. And in that practice, you know, putting your hands over your digestive area, over the abdomen, and just sensing into how does it feel down there? You know, is it full? Is it empty? What sensations am I getting? Um, and bringing your awareness down there into the gut as well as to your breath. Because once the day gets going, it's easy for us to just be very much in our head, very directed by what our brain is telling us to do and easily fall out of tune with our body. And that is a, a big part of how disease develops. Right. I know sleep is so very essential to the development and, you know, restoration of our body and sleep cycle, I think is one of the hardest thing, I think, as a, a parent or, you know, an adult that's just busy or those that work like the late night shifts and like have all of these different types of sleep schedules. Um, I think that throws our body in so many different directions that it doesn't know where to go and then does develop other other illnesses along the way. I know that sleep is so very important. Um, what would you say to someone that has no gallbladder? Does that affect digestion? I know that um, 
like having the herb ginger or even like lemon water is to, is very um, soothing to the gut or to help like detox. Is there any other, anything else that you might recommend for that? Yeah, it's, you know, it's hard to give, it's not really the style of Ayurveda to just give like a blanket recommendation. Like everyone who doesn't have a gallbladder do this and it's going to work for you. It's, you know, I need to know more. Well, you don't have a gallbladder and how has that affected you? What have you noticed since before and after you had a gallbladder? What, you know, what's changed in your digestion and, you know, the things that you're mentioning for you specifically, I would wonder about, um, you know, what's the quality of the food that you're eating? Like what you might, you might want to eat lighter, um, less fatty foods. So foods that aren't like heavy and oily and dense, but, but still having like, you know, meats or, or dense proteins, but mixing them with a lot of green vegetables, um, and using, you know, small amounts of oil in your cooking, using digestive spices like ginger, um, you know, black pepper, if it's not too hot, cilantro is another good one, making sure that your meals are balanced with all six tastes, sweet, sour, salty, pungent, bitter, and astringent, um, getting the right combination of those, um, tastes in your meal, um, and the timing of your meals too, you know, are you, are you eating a little bit all day long throughout the day? Because generally speaking, that's not ideal. You ideally want to have two or three meals a day, no minimal snacking in between. If you are going to snack something really light, like fruit, you know, this, this is all for the average person that is, you know, getting a, a, the average amount of exercise, um, you know, it, I'm, I'm qualifying it just to say that if you're somebody that is maybe in, you know, you do landscaping or um, gardening work and you're outside in the sun doing manual labor eight hours a day in the heat, you probably are gonna need something a little different. Um, if you're somebody that is sitting in a chair at an office all day long and then you sit for an hour and you know commute home um and then you sit you know and watch tv like you're probably going to need something different too so there's um there's ways that we would adapt it based on on individual factors but what based on what you're describing those are some things that come to mind like really easy to digest foods soup stews one pot meals um, things that are not, you know, that, that aren't, um, don't have like the kitchen sink worth of ingredients, but maybe like five or 10, you know, main things in it so that your body is just, um, processing, you know, it's, it's a minimal amount of stuff to sort through. I'd also be curious about food combining. There's certain rules in Ayurveda around what to eat, together and, and certain things that are best not eaten together. Um, so I'd make sure all those, all those things were lined up. And I'd probably also have you start food journaling. I have almost every client I work with um, start food journaling in our initial um, time working together, just keeping track of what you eat, when you eat it, how you feel immediately after you eat, how you feel throughout the day, how your sleep and bowel movements are. And 
many times the clients themselves can make lots of pretty profound connections just in doing that practice. They're like, oh my God, yeah, I see it now where the, the missing link is this two o'clock snack that I have of chocolate and milk. And once I do that, everything goes downhill or whatever it is. So, yeah. okay. You had mentioned before about homeostasis. How does one body kind of get into that? Well, I mean, I, ideally our bodies are designed to, to do that. And, um, you know, our job is to kind of make it easy on them, <laughs> ideally. So having a good daily routine really facilitates that waking at the same time every day, eating at the same time every day, going to sleep at the same time every day. Those are like the pillars of a good Ayurvedic routine. If you do nothing else, aiming to do those things. And it doesn't have to be, you know, to the minute, but within, you know, 15, 30 minutes, ideally you're sitting down to, to eat your meals at that same time every day. Um, so the more sort of uh, predictability you give your body, the easier it's going to be for it to maintain homeostasis. The more wild cards and surprises you're throwing at it, the more challenging that's going to be. Um, you know, other things that are, are ideally done at the same time every day are things like exercise, or if you are taking herbs, taking your herbs at the same time every day. Um, yeah, and, and routines and, and dietary recommendations generally change with the season. So now we're coming into springtime, and this is a great time to do a spring cleanse for your body, especially for folks who have compromised liver or gallbladder, because this time of year, our body is really letting go of a lot of that winter fat that it stores for insulation to keep us warm in the colder months. Now the days are getting longer, the temperatures are warming up, the body can release that. And we store a lot of our toxins in our fat. So when the body starts metabolizing all that fat, um, toxins are released and it's the liver who does the metabolizing of the fat and the detoxing of the toxins. So we can really harness that momentum that the body's already doing. It's already cleaning house. And if we um, do a simple spring cleanse, then, which I'm actually offering one uh, starting in April. So if folks are interested, they can um, connect with me and, uh, and learn more about it. But I'm, I'm gonna do a guided one with just a simple program, a home cleanse, some, some simple foods to eat during that time, some simple things to cut out um, and really encouraging that flushing of your body. Um, that's, that's a way, you know, harnessing the power of nature, of what nature is doing. That's a way that, and setting up a good routine daily and seasonal routines, that's a way we can support our body easily in maintaining homeostasis. Okay. What is your way that you fast or detox your body? I mean, there's so many different ways to do it now. With somebody who has a chronic illness, what is the safest and gentlest form to help detox the body um, when they want to do that? So, there's a lot of ways that you can that you can kind of cleanse in Ayurveda, um, and they, you know, it runs the gamut from sipping on hot water 
throughout the day to going for five weeks of Panchakarma where you stay at a facility and they take care of all your needs and you get treatments every day um, done to your body and, and uh, special foods that you eat to cleanse special herbs that you take to cleanse. So there's, you know, Ayurveda has, has it all in terms of cleansing. You can do simple home things and you can go for a really in-depth, deep detox, um, which, you know, if somebody does have a longstanding chronic condition and they're, if they are physically fit enough to, to do a deep cleanse like Panchakarma, it has some pretty profound effects. Um, but I have never heard of, of that us, before. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I've never, yeah. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, pancha, P-A-N-C-H-A, is it means five, and then karma, K-A-R-M-A, is actions. So it's five different sort of cleansing actions that are facilitated under the guidance of an Ayurvedic practitioner um, who's skilled in this to basically help your body eliminate toxins from every corner that, that it might have them. Um, those of us that are not able to do that, because it's a pretty big investment of time and money, uh, can still do like simple home cleanses. And um, the general gist of, of a, a home cleanse would be eating some easy to digest foods that are suitable for your body type. Ayurveda has a few specific ones that it really um, favors, some traditional cleansing foods. Um, and taking out, it's mostly about removing the toxins. So taking out the caffeine, taking out, you know, late night screen time, taking out staying up late, um, taking out, you know, all your, all your bad habits that, you know, this isn't good, but I'm just doing it. To, you know, I enjoy it. It's my outlet. It's my release for, for three to 10 days. You, you just take that stuff out and, um, take extra time to rest, take extra time to do some self-care. There's some, you know, um, body care rituals that, that are recommended for Ayurvedic cleansing, um, self oil massage or dry brushing, um, along with, you know, getting up, basically waking with the sun and, and going to bed shortly after, um, you know, by 10 PM early in the evening for some people. Um, so really like syncing up with that circadian rhythm. Um, and then, you know, you might also add some cleansing herbs, some supplemental herbs like triphala, um, is a, is a commonly used cleansing herb. That's good for like cleansing the digestive tract. Water. I'm sorry. Like, how would you, well, how would you, it, it comes that? in, it comes in different forms. So um, there is like a powder that you could take in water or you can get it in pill form. Ideally you take it in the water because part of the medicine is in the taste of it and it does not taste good. It, oh it doesn't, it's, but it's, it's, you just take a little, you know, you just need a little bit of water enough to dissolve the powder and just kind of take it like oh. a shot back. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, that's the general setup for an Ayurveda cleanse is, is minimizing, um, your inputs to, to just what's essential and, um, taking some extra time to relax. Ideally, you know, I've, I've had people do the cleanse while they're still working and, um, you know, living their, their usual life, but maybe you try to schedule yourself a little bit lighter that week. Maybe you take the weekend just 
as a retreat to completely, you know, just be quiet and relax and however best you can set that up. I know if you've got kids, you can't, you never get two days off to yourself, but, um, but whatever you can do to try to set yourself up to have a good bit of downtime and um, yeah. And just, we slowly take out the toxins um, in a gradual way. And then we have like this purification time where you're, you're eating really simple foods, um, doing some self-care practices. And then we have uh, like a reintroduction of, you know, your, your usual diet and, um, and a rebuilding of the system now that you've kind of cleansed everything. So that's the, the traditional sort of way of home cleansing. And it's recommended to do that um, during, particularly when we change from winter to spring and when we change from summer to fall at those junctures, um, the body is really primed for cleansing. Okay. Another thing I had written down just from when we spoke before, you had mentioned that there's three different body types. Um, mm -hmm. Can you go into that a little bit just for the audience? Yeah, yeah. And well, there's more than, I would say more than three different body types. There's like three different energies that are seen to be, um, you know, fundamental. We all have them in us and um, we each have a unique combination, a unique like cocktail of them. So the first one is known as Vata Dosha. The, these energies are called the doshas in Ayurveda and they're really isn't a good English translation for the word dosha, um, but you can think of it as like an energetic force in the body. So vata is the first one and vata governs all movement in the body. Um, vata is, um, it, it's, it's very light and subtle, etheric, changeable. Um, it's kind of like, it, it's what initiates the spark of life and it's also what, like that transition at death, it governs all change, all transition in the body. So when we go from, you know, childhood to into puberty, like Vata is really happening at that time, making all kinds of changes. When we are pregnant and we grow a baby, lots of Vata happening at that time changes minute by minute. Um, when we go through menopause, lots of Vata happening at that time. Um, so, Vata is one of those forces. Um, pitta is the, is the second force and Pitta governs all transformation in the body. It's also responsible in that vein. It's responsible for all heat in the body. Um, so any, anything, you know, any kind of metabolic process, um, it's also the body's intelligence, comprehension. It's it's the discerning nature in the body. But you know, so in our mind, deciding like, should I do that? Is that the best choice? Do I want that to eat? Um, is this the best partner for me? Is that the right job for me? What is my teacher saying? Pitta kind of figures all that out and makes sense of it. Um, whereas Vata just sort of like brings in all this stimulation. Vata is like our sensory perception, just seeing and hearing everything. And then Pitta puts it all together and makes sense of it and, and gives us like marching orders kind of. Um, 
Anything else I want to say about that? So, so Pitta is really the body's innate intelligence. It's also subtle intelligence, things that we don't even think about, but like our digestion, like knowing what is nutrients and, and should be sent into the body to create more of us and keep us alive versus what is waste and needs to be excreted out of the body. Pitta determines all of that. The third energy is Kapha. Kapha governs all growth and nourishment and stability. Um, Kapha is like the big bosomed, you know, hefty, warm grandmother who's got like a big soft hug for you and just wants to, you know, feed you a big bowl of something delicious and make everything okay. That's, that's Kapha. Um, Kapha is what... Um, enables us to grow, enables us to accumulate, to accumulate muscle, mass, um, wealth, you know, it, it kapha holds on to things. It's, it's like sticky in the body. Um, and so that force is generally, you know, calming, grounding, um, you know, and, and yeah, and nourishing. And each of these forces you know, like I said earlier, everything has the potential to be medicine. Everything has the potential to be poison. So when these, when these forces are showing up as their best selves and we are living in a way that takes care of them and keeps them in check, you know, what I described are the things that they're doing. When we, when we don't um, live in a way that enables them to show up as their best selves, when we do things that imbalance them, then, you know, they have ways that they kind of um, become poisonous. With vata, vata is very much, when it's out of balance, it shows up as anxiety, fear, emaciation, decay. It's, it's like we just wear ourselves too thin um, in, in any facet of living. Um, pitta, when it's not in a good place, shows up as inflammation, irritation, anger, um, too much heat. Um, kapha, when it, when it's not in its, in its best self is, shows up as too much accumulation, high cholesterol, obesity, um, high blood sugar, whatever it is, there's, there's too much being stored. Uh, and so, like I said, we each have all three of these energies within us and we have them in our own specific cocktail. So somebody like me, I am Pitta predominant and then Kapha and Vata are sort of equal and pretty close behind Pitta. So I'm like almost, I almost have all three equal but not quite, Pitta's a little bit more. Sometimes some people are straight up like 100% Pitta, like the person with bright red hair, freckles, super fair skin, big blue eyes, um, you know, very active mind. That person, medium body, uh, body size and frame, that person is probably like straight up Pitta. Um, Vata people tend to be either really tall or really short. They usually have a hard time keeping weight on. Um, their, their digestion is um, kind of weak. 
they, they tend to have, they're, they're generally like the weakest constitution, the most changeable. They get knocked off balance most easily because Vata is very changeable. Um, and then Kapha people are usually very solid. Their, their bodies are well-developed. They, they've got, you know, big, strong bones, muscles, thick hair, thick teeth. Um, they're usually sort of slower moving. They're, they're like the elephant, you know, they, they have the most stamina, but it might take them a long time to get something done. Um, and then there's, there's everything in between. Some people have two doshas that are predominant. Some people have all three doshas are predominant. Um, so, so yeah, it varies, you know, among those ratios, but that gives you a sense of like the baseline that we work with. So how would you, is that something that a person goes to you and you would figure out what body type or what, what energy they specifically are, or it's not like a test I can take online. Like some of these, like there are, there are, there are tests that you can take online. Um, and it is something, I mean, an online test is, it'll give you some sense of it. Uh, but it's obviously not going to be as insightful as, you know, another Ayurveda practitioner, you know, looking at you and, um, asking questions and discerning that. All right. Well, I think that answers a lot of a lot of questions. I think we got a good, hopefully a good base so people can better understand what Ayurveda is. If there's one thing that you could tell any, I guess, anybody across the line just to help them in, in any health and wellness journey, what is one thing you would like to add to, a, to, to somebody's like daily routine to just help them feel better? Is there something they could be doing every day? Other than, you know, eating well and exercising, what would be something they could help to just add to their nutrition or, you know, just their daily routine to, to just feel better? Yeah, well, so what I would say is I, I gave you um, the link to that guide that I have, the uh, yes. Ayurveda's Guide to Healthy Eating Habits. So what I would say in the, in the, um, in the vein of personalized medicine and really taking Ayurveda's approach is I would say, look at that list and choose one thing on there that you're excited about doing and feels doable for you and do that one thing and do that one thing until it becomes a habit that you don't even need to think about doing. It might take you a week. It might take you a day. It might take you two months. And then after you feel like, okay, yeah, I've got this dialed in as a habit. It's autopilot now. Choose another thing on that list and integrate that. This way, you know, I, I feel like it's really important to meet people where they're at when it comes to holistic health. And so I don't want to say something that then, you know, somebody is like, oh, well, there's no way I can do that right now. So just forget it. I'm not, I can't really do anything with Ayurveda. Um, because honestly, there are so many little things that you can do that are going to make a profound difference. And so just start where you're at, start what is doable. And I know a lot of the folks on listening to you are moms and it's hard to prioritize yourself as a mom. I mean, I'm not a mom, but I, I've worked in, in childcare. I had a whole past doing that. And I know moms, they're always last on their own list. And it's hard to, 
to, uh, you know, squeeze, no matter how much you want to take care of yourself, it's hard to squeeze that in. So, you know, don't feel bad about it. Start with what you can do. There's no doubt something that you can do and it will make a difference. Great. Thank you for that. I will absolutely put that link in the show notes so everybody can click on that and take a look at that and hopefully find something that they can adapt into their their routine. Um, so just a couple of quick questions while we wrap up this episode that I'm asking everybody. I don't know if you uh, had a chance to look at any other up or listen to any other episodes. If you could go back to any time period in your life, whether it be you know a childhood or high school, adult, um, what time period would you pick and why? Oh, I think I would go back to the summer of 1996 and want to take my first cross-country trip again. That was such a um, magical experience and just really opened my mind. I grew up in the in New Jersey, um, in the suburbs, and I went to Rutgers. So, and I, you know, we traveled a little bit um, when I was a kid, but never ventured really out of this tri-state area way of living and and thinking and, and um, yeah, taking that trip and traveling around the country and just, it, it, yeah, it opened my mind in some pretty big ways. And it just, I felt so alive during that experience. Um, and so, yeah. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> traveling the country sounds wonderful. I think that would be awesome, but mm-hmm. um, great. And one more question. Um, what advice would you give anybody that is struggling from a chronic illness? Um, it can be any type of chronic illness, fatigue, somebody who just needs a little bit of support in their daily lives. Is there anything that you would suggest? Yeah, I would say that, that you have everything you need to feel well. You just haven't had the right guidance yet to get there. And don't give up on your body. Don't give up on yourself. There, there's healing there for you. You just have to find the, the right approach. And it might take time. And it's, it's frustrating. And I'm sorry that it's part of your journey, but it, it seems like it is. Um, and so I would just say don't give up. I mean, I've, I've found amazing healing with Ayurveda. I thought at 20, 23 years old that I would be dependent on prescription medication for the rest of my life. And Ayurveda completely changed that. And I don't, I don't necessarily know that it's the answer for everyone. I mean, it definitely was the answer for me. But, um, but yeah, there, there's something out there for you. Yeah, that's beautiful. And you deserve it too. You know, you deserve to live the life that you were meant to live and live your purposeful life and to do it, enjoy, like enjoying your life, not just going through the motions and, you know, the daily grind. It's, it's keeping a smile on your face and knowing that you're here for a reason. So, well, Kimberly, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining me. i am more in tune with Ayurveda and how it works. And um, thank you for that. So I appreciate our conversation. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Kimberly. Hi, friends. Let me take a quick minute and thank our very first show sponsor. 
If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. It's so easy, even I can do it. Trust me, that means you can do it too. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Thank you all for being here. I am so glad we found each other. See you next time. Have an incredible day, my beautiful friends.